Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. Today I'm here with a very special guest. This is Carla Esparza and she is a two-time UFC champion, a new mom, and honestly, she is a pioneer and a catalyst for not just women in the UFC, but I feel like MMA in general, because she comes from, she's been in the game a long time and has really trailblazed for so many different female athletes of our generation and the generation under us. And I'm really excited to have a conversation with Carla today. So Carla, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on. Uh, absolutely. So give us a little bit of background about your like athletic history for those that maybe don't know you. You know, when you've been doing it as long as I am, it's there's a long list. So Where do we start? <laughs> keep it short. Um, I wrestled in high school and college, uh, boys team in high school and uh, was an All-American, two-time All-American in high school, two-time All-American in college. From there, I started my fight career. And um, it's been almost 14 years since that journey began. Uh, I was the first ever Invicta FC strawweight champion, the first ever UFC strawweight champion. I won the Ultimate Fighter through that. And um, eight years later, I was able to regain the UFC title. So it's definitely been a long, amazing journey so far. Absolutely. And so you are in your mid-30s. So am I. And to I played on a boys' water polo team. And wrestling was like even... like There were no girls that were doing wrestling in our era. How did you get involved? in wrestling? So um, <laughs> my particular story, I just happened to be in the weight room lifting weights and I've always been really strong for my size. And someone was like, yeah, you're so strong. You should, uh, cause I'm, I'm only like five foot tall. So they were like, wrestling would be the perfect sport, but you should try it out. And I was like, what's wrestling, but sure. I'll go to, to tryouts. So I just went and gave it a shot and uh, kind of fell in love right off the bat. It's, it, it seems so fun. And uh, fortunately for me, there was actually another female that had wrestled before me and that was um, finishing up in the program. So, you know, just like we talk about, you know, how pioneers kind of laid that groundwork, I think that in everybody's mind, like made it okay for like more girls to kind of come in. Um, but wrestling's not an easy sport. So male or female, there's definitely a, a high tur- turnover rate. Absolutely. And there's like a wrestling mentality that is so powerful. Can you brief us a little bit on that? Yeah. I mean, wrestling, it's all about the grind. It's all about just that mental strength. I mean, uh, especially old school days. I mean, you're just 
the 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 heaters on in the room in the wrestling room i don't know if they do that anymore like the walls are sweating everyone's just like grinding 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 you can be any dip, any like height size you just got to make a weight class there's so many different body types so it's and and you can um use your body type as an advantage like so there's so many different styles so for me um you know i just fell in love fell in love with that grind it was more about just like Who's going to push more? Who's going to push more? Who's going to break? When you're feeling tired, you know that your opponent is feeling tired. So you're just like, you just got to push through it. And, um, you know, I, I love that grind. And I think that that's something that it's hard to replicate, you know, just going to some, you know, any kind of like random classes outside of the team. So it's, uh, I think that's definitely a, a unique um, aspect that uh, wrestlers can kind of bring uh, that mentality into other sports like jujitsu and MMA. Absolutely. We see that over and over and just how having that wrestling foundation is really what's creating these excellent MMA fighters. So I just think it's such a unique sport and especially for women, not one that we've been historically super involved with or had a lot of exposure to until fairly recently. Right. Oh, for sure. I mean, when I was wrestling at the time, there were not very many females. Like I would go to boys tournaments and everybody in the room, whenever I would wrestle or any like female, they'd be like circle around the match and be like, there's a girl wrestling. There's a girl wrestling. It was so rare and kind of weird, you know, and there was there was it's hard to think of it now, but there was almost a debate about it. Like, should we let girls wrestle? Should we be having like girls wrestling with guys like there was um, almost a lot of people who were like, this isn't, we don't like this. This isn't right. You know, it's, it's, it's hard to think of it now because we have females headlining cards. We have UFC cards. We have, you know, multi, you know, we have Olympic champions and medalists in wrestling, um, bringing back medals to the U S but I mean, it was like that back in the day. Yeah. So do you feel like you were just really lucky that you had a great like coach or maybe just support system that encouraged you when you were, the only female and maybe had a lot more eyes on you or self-imposed pressure, maybe? Um, I won't say it was, um, I mean, I, I definitely had coaches that were like cool and, you know, were, were totally fine with me being in the room and, you know, did what any coaches would do, like coach you at practice and everything. But um, I had a lot of outside coaches and support. So I went to my first wrestling tournament by myself. My coach was like, Hey, there's a girls tournament. I'm coaching the guys that weekend, but if you want to, you can go. So my mom drove me to this tournament. I didn't have a coach, you know, and I'm just like, what is going on over here? So I'm, you know, wrestling and by myself. And uh, fortunately I met another coach who only had one girl with him and uh, coach black actually uh, from Santa Monica high school. And he kind of took me under his wing and he, uh, you know, flew out to nationals with me and uh, his wrestler, Jazzy. And, um, you know, he just really supported me. And I had another coach, Coach uh, Darren DeHarris, also kind of took me under his wing and, like, would drive, like, an hour out to, like, pick me up so I could go practice. And, you know, it's just there is um, I, I think because I wanted it so bad and, and I worked so hard, like, these coaches saw that desire and wanted to foster it. That's, I mean, coaching is just so beautiful for that, right? When you can see somebody who has that passion and upside, like you just, 
you like have to support it. It would be, it would feel so wrong not to. And I think now being the age of likely the coaches that were supporting us when we were younger, it's like, you do, you want to see these young girls win. Like you want to put people in positions to be successful. And it's so gratifying. Yeah. I never thought about that. I'm like, we are the age that <laughs> they were. When they <laughs> crazy. I know. Oh, so you graduated from high school and then what? Like, how did you know you wanted to keep fighting? Um, so I, I didn't even know what MMA was at the time. I mean, it's, it's funny because, you know, women's MMA is, is, is very new, but I mean, MMA in general is still pretty new in itself. I think uh, UFC has been around, I think about 30 years. So that's not that long. And, um, I, I, I didn't know what it was at the time. I just kind of wanted to do something to keep me busy and and get some exercise in, in the off season. So I'm like, let me try boxing one, one summer. Let me try jujitsu the next summer. And, uh, eventually I think, uh, my sophomore year in college, I, I found Timo Yama, which I'm still with right now. And I was just like, what is this? And, um, they started, uh, they, they invited me to, you know, they, they allowed me to come train and, uh, for free, which as a broke college kid was, I think something that allowed me to actually do it. Um, again, I, I think they saw how much I wanted, wanted to be successful and they wanted to support that. So, um, you know, they, uh, they took me under their wing and I've been, uh, with coach Oyama ever since. That is, as you well know, it is so rare for an athlete to stay with their coach and their team in the same location like you have. What is it that makes your relationship with your coach and your relationship with that team so special? Well, um, you know, for me, loyalty has always been such a huge thing, but you know, I understand that people have to do what's best for them. I guess I just have been lucky in that I've had such an amazing coach who continues to grow with me and grow with the sport and who I'm still learning from, you know, every single day we train, even to the most basic things. Like you can improve this jab this way. Like I'm still not the perfect fighter and I still have much room to learn. And, um, and I love having a coach that kind of knows me so well and that I trust because trust when someone is in your corner in a fight, trust is so important. Well, it's, I think it just is such a testament to the culture of that program and the quality of coaching and the honestly, the character of coaching, which um, is not something to take for granted. I know that you don't. And um, I just think that's, it's just a really important point to highlight for other coaches that are listening, for other athletes, knowing like what they want and what to look for in a coach. Um, it just says a lot that you've been with that same team for as long as you have, and that there's still so many opportunities for you both to grow you as an athlete and him as a coach and your team. For sure. For sure. So you started training there. They saw that you clearly had a lot of potential. How did the ultimate fighter happen? So it's kind of crazy. Um, I was uh, set to defend my Invicta FC title um, against Claudia Godella, but uh, she was I think she had cut so much weight that she had like heat exhaustion or something from uh, her IV bags or like, and then she had IV bags um, to, to rehydrate. And then 
I'm coming back from like my post weigh-in dinner with my team and I see an ambulance outside of the hotel and I'm like, I wonder what's going on there. And then I get the news that my fight's off and I'm just like, what? And I was so bummed. Um, but then this kind of miracle like happens like a, a week or two later, I think I'm at, at the gym training and I get a phone call on my cell phone. It's like, it's from Dana White and it's like, welcome to the UFC. And, you know, just like that classic call and you're just like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy because this, and this isn't your typical call, like to, you know, any fighter, right? This is our division was not even in the UFC. Like there was uh, the female division, like Ronda Rousey's division 135. But I was like, oh, I'll probably never get to fight in the UFC in my career because there's no women. It's just how it is. So getting that call of like, what? I'm in the UFC. Oh my gosh. It was just like one of the best days ever. <laughs> that is so awesome. And so you enter into the UFC and what was that like? Obviously still kind of pioneering women's MMA, your own weight class, things like that. What was that like back then? And what year was that? Um, I believe that was 2013, 2014, like filming uh, The Ultimate Fighter. See, and like, uh, this is like not that long ago. That's what I want people to listen. It's like, we've come so far in such a short amount of time. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's kind of come like, yeah, like so hot and heavy this, you know, this last decade, it's been crazy. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, be after being on the ultimate fighter, this is definitely a very unique experience. It's not like, Oh, now I'm just, you know, I, I fought in these other promotions and now I'm fighting for the UFC and it's like, uh, you know, just fancier or, you know, has more perks. Like the ultimate fighter was a crazy experience. And then going into the UFC was very like eye opening Cause it's like, wow, we're at this, you know, big arenas. You have this staff dedicated to everything like oh we we do photo shoots and then we do this media and then we do all this stuff it's just like you really felt like this little kid with big wide open eyes like oh my gosh what's going on here it's almost overwhelming especially for me going straight from you know another promotion other promotions and then I'm headlining a UFC card and there's just all this crazy media to do and it's, it was definitely like a, just such a big difference and surprise. Absolutely. So how many fights have you had in the UFC? Uh, there <laughs> are like 15 fights, yeah. something like that. Um, if you count my uh, ultimate fighter fight, so um, maybe like 15 to 20 is something like that. Uh, I, I haven't even, I don't even think about it. I just take it fight by fight. Um, yeah. So uh, in the Ultimate Fighter, we have three fights as well that don't go on our record. Mm. So it's definitely been, it's been a good amount. <laughs> yeah. Well, like I said, you've, you've been in this for a while. And like, so out of this handful of fights across the last however many years, decade, um, is there like a fight or a moment that stands out as like one of your, your favorite or like a top three or something? I mean, there's there's nothing that's ever going to replicate that feeling of of winning a UFC belt. Um, for sure, the first the the uh, winning the Ultimate Fighter and winning uh, the first ever Shawi, you know, title and just knowing 
the significance that that has on the history of uh, women's MMA was really huge. That was like a career and MMA defining moment for women, you and just the sport in general. For sure. And on a personal level, just kind of, I've, I'd gotten, I had so many doubters. Um, my opponent, Rose uh, Namajunas, uh, you know, she was an amazing fighter and had all, like all finishes on, on tough. And, you know, she was, she was touted as being the next Ronda Rousey. So, you know, I had, and I'm very like humble, quiet fighter. I don't talk about myself. So I had so many doubters and some people like, you're going to get destroyed. And, you know, so just kind of, I guess, proving the doubters wrong was, was big on a personal level. I imagine, like, how do you manage that pressure and the mental chatter that maybe you experience or that you hear, whether you want to or not? Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And how have you dealt with that over the course of time? It's not easy, honestly. Um, you know, I know the trolls think they, they kind of almost view, view you as if you're not a human. They treat you as just kind of like this character and it's like, Oh, you suck. Or, you know, people will send you death threats and, you know, tell you just t- terrible things about your appearance, about your performance, about just you as a person, just things that don't make sense. I, I can't even repeat some of the horrific things I've heard. Um, and I just, I just honestly, it kind of pushed me away from social media a lot. Um, and then on my last fight, you know, this happened to me tw- like twice, uh, once in Mexico city, when I, I, I beat, uh, one of the, the, the Mexican stars when, when we were headlighting out there, like I just, uh, I had won the first two rounds and lost the last one. And I think the crowd wasn't happy about it. And like, I had all this booing and like screaming against me and, on my way out, somebody poured a beer on my head and it was just, it was pretty insane. So, um, and the next bike got it even worse than I did. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I know it's craziness on my last fight. Uh, I fought at Madison square garden and, um, the, at the press uh, conference the day before, like I had just had all this like booing and I'm like, I'm like in my head, I'm like, I'm such a nice person. And, I'm respectful and I, you know, I don't trash talk and I'm just like, I'm getting so much hate is like, I couldn't even speak on the mic because I was, I couldn't speak over like all the booze, you know? And I'm, I'm like, you know, you, you think like nothing, like, what have I done to warrant this? But it's just, um, it's just part of the game when you, you know, some people are, you know, bigger stars and are going to get more attention and that's fine. Um, but it's, uh, it's hurtful for sure. It's not easy, but it's just, it's a price you pay to, to do what we do. Um, seems like a significant mind fuck, but it also seems like you've been able to kind of take that, shut it down and just stay really focused on yourself and on your own game and honestly, your own character. For sure. I mean, I do my best. Um, it, it definitely, uh, taxes, taxes you and, um, especially those experience, like you're just in a room and everyone's just like, you suck. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like what is going on? And even though, you know, like in your head, you know, like they don't make sense. Like I, I'm, I know who I am as a person, as an athlete, like it's, it's still uh like you said, it's a mind fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you still like, obviously you're a very strong and tough woman and you got feelings. Like, I feel like it's so hard, you know, even the toughest, strongest women 
are still, we still have feelings and, and men like it's good to be in these sports with this pressure, whether it's self-imposed or the fans, um, sponsorships, whatever, like where there's just extra layers of pressure and to, I don't know, it just seems like it'd be really hard to not take it personally. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, I'm grateful. You know, I, I love what I do. It's, you know, just the fighting itself. Like I used to, I wrestled and nobody paid attention and nobody cared, but I loved wrestling. And that's how I feel about fighting. Like I absolutely love what I do. I love training. I love the actual fights. Um, It was, it's afforded me the opportunity to, you know, live a life that I I didn't think was possible, you know, before, Um, especially starting, you know, MMA, making like $800 a fight is just, I just can't help but feel grateful overall, you know, for, for the, you know, the good that comes from it, even though like any good comes with bad. Absolutely. It's just like I said, it seems like you've been able to really keep perspective and, you know, and stay true to who you are in your soul without getting too rattled by, uh, I guess, by the outside noise, like, you know, what you need to do and how you need to perform and act. So you finished up and then, or you, I guess you finished up with your title. And then did you know that you wanted to consider being a mom or like, when did that cross your mind of like becoming a mom? Oh, I've, uh, I've, I've always wanted to be a mom. Like I even froze my eggs when I, uh, after one of my fights, when I was, uh, 32, when I had just turned 32. So, um, yeah, it's been on my mind for, for quite a while. And I know like doing what we do, you know, sometimes, or even if anybody doesn't meet the right guy at the right, you know, the right time, you know, it could, um, potentially cause issues. So, you know, I've, I've been trying to set myself up for success in this arena. And, uh, I knew that after my last fight that we were going to start trying. So, um, yeah, I, the, the, you know, as soon as I got the week I got home, I, got everything set up and we were pregnant, uh, that month, fortunately. So it was, uh, it's biggest blessing of my life. Absolutely. And what was your pregnancy like, and how was that knowing, um, you were going to be rightfully pausing your time in MMA right now? What was that like? Um, I think I was at peace with it. You know, I've been with my husband, um, for about, uh, three and a half years. So, you know, when we got together, it was like, we both wanted children, but it was, uh, you know, I needed to feel content with where I was at in my career and knowing that anything can happen in pregnancy and labor. And that if I needed to hang it up, that I would be at peace with that and not have regrets. So, um, you know, I, I, after I won the title again, I felt very content and, um, you know, just whatever happens, happens like, you know, hope for the best plan for the worst and just kind of be at peace with it. Yeah. I think that's a really incredible sentiment of like going into it with like that, that peace of mind of knowing like if it needed to end, you were kind of okay enough with it, but also, just really strategic with it. That that mental piece part is is so key because I know it can be hard for some people to either pause or step away completely. That's a huge huge decision, either way. Oh yeah, I mean, there's a there's definitely a love for the sport, and it's you know there's 
a rush. Like it's almost addictive. Um, and it's definitely, uh, going to be hard to walk away whenever the time comes. Um, but you know, you, that's why we see so many athletes that like, you're like, Ooh, you should probably hang it up because things aren't going so well, but it's just, it's hard. Yeah, absolutely. So we connected during your pregnancy, which was awesome. It was so great to be able to just watch you move and just get to know you a little bit more. Um, tell me about what your pregnancy training was like. So my pregnancy training, um, I wanted it initially to be a lot more than it was. So I, you know, the first uh, trimester, I ended up with so much morning sickness that uh, I didn't feel comfortable going into a jujitsu uh, a room because I was like, okay, I don't want to puke on anybody. <laughs> so um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to train uh, how I wanted, but I was able to like stay um, consistent with, you know, lifting and um, throughout my pregnancy. I actually have a video of me lifting and squatting the day before I gave birth. <laughs> So, um, you know, it's, it's been good. I've, uh, I wanted to like kickbox more. Um, but honestly, I, I started, uh, like kickboxing and kicking the bag and kicking pads. And, um, you know, there's this, when you get further along, there's this big belly in the way, but I actually had some like light bleeding, um, in the first trimester. So I was like, okay, well, my body's telling me that I'm doing too much. So I need to pull back. And, um, cause you know, Maybe, you know, there's, there's no going back, you know, from, from any, uh, issues you cause during pregnancy. So with babies, so I just, you know, I mean, we were talking a little bit before this call and, um, you know, Carla has just showed such maturity in her approach to training during pregnancy and what her postpartum has looked like. And I just, I want to like publicly commend you for that. I work with a lot of different professional athletes, a lot of just like average athlete moms. And I think the, your approach and your maturity and the grace you've given yourself to just be in the season that you're at and not have like this FOMO of like, well, I I have to do this and like push through, like you've been able to like really leverage what your body needs on that given day or for that period of time. And I just think that shows such maturity as an athlete and mother. Thank you. And I appreciate that. And definitely, definitely uh, what I've heard you say kind of reinforced um, my sentiments like during pregnancy is like, you're not going to hit your PRs right now. Like this isn't the time where you're going to, you know, exceed on the, on the physical level. So it's better just to focus on the most important thing and keep your eyes on, on your baby prize. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And then like setting yourself up for postpartum. Cause like the pregnancy stuff, that's just sort of like a it's a maintenance, it's a pause, it's a deload, you know, you're still kind of doing what you can, but adapting to what, you know, as your body grows or whatever symptoms you may have, or could be predisposed to just really training intelligently around that. And you have to in MMA, like you're, it's already a, a intense sport. And so trying to keep your body as healthy as possible with, lift, with your lifting and um, just your overall health routine is critical because clearly you can't be doing a ton of jujitsu or striking or anything like that as your pregnancy continues. For sure. Um, for me, it was, you know, just trying to stay active because, you know, just seeing how much um, staying fit and eating clean um, does for, you know, pregnancy and labor potentially, like anything can happen was my mentality. Like 
baby's going to do what baby wants to do. But at the end of the day, um, it's just like a fight. We control what we can and we do what we can. And um, that's kind of what I went going into it. You know, I was running two times a week. It got a little slower towards towards the end, of course, but, um, and then lifting four to five days. And like you said, you never know like the symptoms you're going to have. So I remember like walking out of the gym a couple of times and puking the trash being like, hold, hold on, hold on, walk, walk, walk. I'm like, but you know, you you can make it happen, but it's not necessarily going to be easy. Right. And you've just shown that, you know, you're so adaptable through that season and now postpartum. So when did you have your baby? What month was that? September. I had him on September 23rd, 9, 23, 23. <laughs> oh, perfect. So, you know, and you're now on the other side of, um, you know, of pregnancy. How September, what month are we in? I'm like, I can't even keep track, but how old's your baby? Uh, he's, he'll be four months this okay. coming week. Okay. So you're about four months postpartum. What has postpartum looked like for you? Um, I think, uh, because I've seen some other athletes, you know, fight, you know, pretty early on, like, I don't know, at six months or whatever it was. And I'm just like, okay, well, that's going to be me. But, um, even though I had like this super perfect, uh, labor, you know, no tears, no issues, super quick, like our, you know, just realizing and seeing how much our bodies go through, like, our organs are shifted around, like our, our skin, like everything is just, you know, it's, um, and then knowing, uh, the relaxing, like what it does, you know, in our, in our joints and ligaments and knowing that, uh, I'm at a, an increased risk for injury has kind of made me slow down of what I had initially anticipated my comeback would be. Um, so I've honestly just been, uh, I took the six weeks completely off as, the doctor recommended, <laughs> which is, is hard, of course, for, for any athlete. Um, and then I slowly started, uh, coming back, uh, from there with, uh, like just slow jogs. I was like, I'm going to start running like four days a week. And then, you know, my pelvic floor therapist is let's keep it to two days a week and keep this distance and this pace. And I'm just like, ah, okay. But, um, you know, slowly starting to lift, um, you know, just at, my, my approach has always been listen to the experts, you know, they do this, they know what they're doing. And if I want the best results, I got to listen to people who have experience with this and, and are great at this. Well, you've definitely been so incredibly coach coachable and, um, open-minded. And I think that again, shows a lot of um, athletic maturity, which, you know, some, some athletes kind of like to assume that they know what's best all the time for their body. And I just appreciate that you ultimately know your body well, but you've kept such an open mind and really a mature approach to how to navigate, you know, such a vulnerable season, like postpartum, you are more vulnerable than you even are during pregnancy, just kind of for different reasons. So those yeah. first three to four months postpartum, you like extra stress, extra demand on a body that is recovering from pregnancy, recovering from birth, probably not sleeping super well, acclimating to nursing or just, you know, being needed all the time. And it's beautiful. And it's a different layer of stress. It's a different lifestyle to acclimate to, which for a lot of professional athletes, it's always been like, you've only kind of had to worry about yourself and your own training, what you need to do. And now there's this whole other human to have to take into consideration. 
Oh no, I, I 100% agree. Um, I mean, with so much, I think with athletes, especially fighters, the mentality is, is so tough. Like I can push through anything, you know, like I could have probably gotten to a fight the day after I gave birth if I needed to, right. Cause my mind is there, but, um, you know, and I think that's actually kind of a detriment to a lot of athletes because, you know, that's why people don't have longevity in their sports because it's like, I can mentally push through this, but is this, am I giving my body the healing time it needs? And I think that's where I've had the most longevity as, you know, compared to a lot of my counterparts is just keeping the long game in mind. Oh, that is so beautiful. And I mean, you, you know that I talk about that all the time. Cause I think that people, they, we are so tempted to rush the process, that athlete brain of like more sooner, faster, harder. And like, because we, like you said, we can mentally go there, but yeah. they get to a point of like diminishing returns and you got to know how to like leverage that athlete brain so that it does keep you in the game. Like, you know, I'd see people that I train jujitsu with and that have this injury or that injury or the black belts that are, you know, have everything like that just hurts them all the time. And I'm like, I don't want to feel like that. I want to like move well, no matter what belt I am, no matter what age I am. I just want to feel good and stay in the game as long as possible. And I think ultimately as any athlete at any level in any sport, it's not just to be good during this short season of your life as a fighter as a CrossFitter, as a runner, it's like, no, you want to be healthy at 80. You know, that's why you're an athlete. Oh, 100%. I I totally agree with you. And I think in, I think in with, you know, six, like the win in mind, you're just like, I got to do anything and I want to get there quicker. But, you know, it's, you know, do I want to get there quicker once and then destroy my body and for the rest of my life? And then potentially, you know, you never know if you're like, what level of success you're going to reach. But or it's like, do I want to be like this long term, long time, like, you know, athlete that's successful for a very long time and that can live a normal life after and feel great after? Like, I want to feel good, like you said, as long as I can. I want to feel good. I want to go on like doing, I want to exercise when I'm 90 years old. Absolutely. And I think that you have like, you have the street cred. Like, you have, this has been your angle because you've been in the game so long like that your i guess your run in this sport and as an athlete in general is longer than the majority of professional athletes out there when we really think about how long you've been in this game how long you've been wrestling uh how long you've been in MMA like that it that's just really rare especially in that sport oh for sure um you know one of my biggest achievements um is you know, not only, of course, like winning the UFC belt, but being able to do it almost eight years apart. And I think the longest person who has ever done that um, has been about half that time. Wow. You know, like the, the the record was four years, you know. So for me, um, I've never left the top 10 in the sport for as long as I've been in it, you know, for, for almost four, like 13, 14 years. That I've always been fighting so about- much. <laughs> Yeah, just being at that that top level and fighting, always fighting the best. When you're at the top, you get top level competition. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's it's always like challenging and just having that mentality that you you know that you also have of, you know, just that long game is is so crucial. 
I think that says so much about you as an athlete and fighter, but also just like your overall strategy and perspective as a human. And that's, again, I keep coming back to this, like your level of athletic maturity just really shines through how you've gone about holding your head high and staying in the game is it's really commendable. Well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. It's true though. Um, so, you know, you said maybe originally thinking, oh yeah, I'd want to get a fight around six months postpartum, but at four months postpartum, you're like, no, like, I love how much you've been, um, enjoying motherhood. You've just so, spoken so highly of this season of your life and postpartum and your son and how special he is. So what is coming back to the UFC? What would that look like for you? What would you want that to look like for you? Well, I'll address the first First part, you said it, it has been so fun. And I think, um, you know, having a baby is, uh, you know, for me, it's, I think it's a type, you know, joy, but on a different level that people get from coaching, just being able to like work with someone and see the results you get out of it and being like, put the time into them. And, you know, it's just, there's like, there's such a reward in seeing, you know, what you're giving to someone else and kind of what they're getting out of it. It's, it's been such a beautiful thing. I, I love interacting with my son every day and, you know, giving him the, you know, just whatever he needs. So that's been so fun. <laughs> but um, for on, on the UFC level, so my mindset is, of course, I asked my, um, my physical therapist, my pelvic floor therapist, you know, I would like to come back at, you know, have a fight at, at this point, like uh, at the nine month mark. And they're like, well, let's compromise and say we can start camp at the nine month mark. So, um, you know, I've definitely made some adjustments from that. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd like to fight before the, the year, the year mark, um, is my goal. Yeah. Um, we'll see how the dates work out, but, uh, yeah, I've just been slowly coming back. I have my dummy set up to start like drilling, grappling and, uh, I've been shadow boxing. I have a bag at home that I'm going to start working on. So just um, trying to navigate uh, what it's going to look like, you know, not being able to to go to the gym as much as before, but still being able to supplement my training and, and getting the work in that I need to be successful, like at home. Absolutely. And I think, again, this is such a great example. Like you are somebody who it's literally your job to fight and you are giving yourself you've given yourself all this space postpartum to not even like really get on the mats again. And then we see like your average white belt, blue belt in jujitsu. who's like, I got to get back at like right away, you know? And like, they put a lot of pressure on themselves or just that layer of FOMO of like, I got to do this. I need this, you know, whatever. And like, again, the maturity that you have about staying in the MMA game as long as you can and giving yourself that time so that your body can actually be ready for the kind of stress that is a combat sport. Oh, for sure. Um, I, I think that, well, for like your average, you know, person, I think that jujitsu is always going to be there. It's not going away, you know, just being a little bit more patient, you know, is going to, is going to be a good decision. But I understand, of course, like every mom's different and some, some moms may need that just outlet because, you know, I know that everyone's, um, postpartum ex experience and mental experience is different. But, you know, for me, um, you know, it's like trying to find that balance of not 
you know, cause as an athlete, we have this very limited time to compete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on the highest level. So it's kind of like giving my body the time it needs. So I'm not risking injury and then potentially ending my career, but also like not coming back so long that, you know, I, I missed my window. Yeah. So just trying to find like, when is the soonest I can safely come back? I mean, in my opinion, I get to work with a lot of different professional athletes. That timeline is, is really, I think it's really good. I think that's pretty key. The body starts to change around like that nine months postpartum period. And then up, start upping intensity around that period of time. Like you've accomplished a lot of healing, especially with how you've approached your pregnancy, kind of just really dialing in your mechanics and your basics, understanding of your pelvic floor and you're giving yourself such a solid foundation that you 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 will not forget how to fight. You know your movement patterns. It's just going to be drilling that in again. And like, there might be a little lag initially, but again, it catches on. You're not going to forget that stuff. That is so embedded in your brain. It's embedded in like your spirit of like who you are. You're going to, it will pay off. Your approach will pay off. And it is such a delicate balancing act. Um, but I think that you're really on the right track. Well, that's great to hear from you. I mean, someone who deals with so many athletes and this is literally like your field. So, you know, we need to chat more later. Yeah, I got you. I got you. (laughs) But uh, I'm glad that you're uh, on the same page as far as timeline and coming back. Yeah, I feel like especially for professional athletes, which is a very different timeline than our average CrossFitter blue belt, whoever, like you, it is this delicate, um, delicate line to walk with knowing your athletic readiness. Um, and then in comparison to what the sport needs from you and what you need from the sport. So you're, you're living a different life than the majority of people, but it's also so relatable and helpful for others to hear what your process has been like, what your, um, what your mindset has been towards this and then what your physical approach has been as well. Yeah. And, and I think you're, you're, you're a pioneer as well. I mean, in the, in the postpartum space, um, you know, there aren't that many outlets for females, um, to kind of know what to do with their bodies and, you know, to strengthen their pelvic floor and, you know, even going into pregnancy and, um, before having the baby, like just kind of setting yourself up for success after, um, and, you know, just this whole, like the balance of like, you know, when to do what, and it's just honestly going into it. I'm like, I'm looking online. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? And there's not really a lot of information out there for athletes and people who, even if people who want to just do sport on a, like, on a, like for fun, for recreation. I mean, there's just not knowledge on like when to come back, what to do, what steps to take. It's just kind of like your doctor tells you, oh, you're six weeks postpartum, you're clear, which is not the case at all. No. And I mean, I know you and I have talked about this before, but you know, I felt like that 10 years ago and it's crazy that 10 years later, it still feels like there's not enough information. And, you know, women aren't involved in research enough. Um, People tend to think that if you're a female athlete, that somehow ends at like 18 or 22 when you're done with college and like this whole population of twenties, thirties, perimenopausal, menopausal, all of these seasons of life, pregnancy and postpartum specifically have been extremely overlooked in research. 
Um, and the research that we do have surrounding like a healthy pregnancy or what that what fitness needs look like, it's very limited in the scope of what it looks like. It's not really taking into consideration athletic performance and core and pelvic health and maybe the psychology of the athlete as well. So, you know, we just got to work to support that whole person. And I feel like athletes, if we can like support someone like you, that has such a great top-down effect for every woman who's looking to pursue a lifetime of athleticism and pregnancy and postpartum are just awesome catalyst seasons for that kind of perspective. For sure. That's my TED talk, you know, <laughs> all in one little rant. But I know that we're both on the same page. No, I'm, it's great to hear that someone who's, you know, doing this for a living and, and wants to see women succeed. And, and like you said, in, in all forms of life is, uh, you know, on, we're on the same page and I think we need to support each other and help kind of grow this, um, or just expand, uh, you know, just awareness so yeah. that you know, other females can, you know, follow in this path because, you know, like we, like we talked about, it, it's like, okay, now women are, it's so new that women even are getting involved in sports. Now we think of this other, this whole other, um, you know, aspect of it, like, okay, now, now these females who want to be athletes are going to be moms. Like, what do we do now? Yeah, so. got to continue that conversation. And it's cool to see, you know, athletes pursue, um, you know, motherhood as well. And, you know, you're now officially part of the small group of women in the UFC that are also, that are also mothers. And I think that's, that alone is really commendable in a combat sport. No, it's really cool. And um, I think women um, just doing MMA in general, it used to be like this, such a small thing. So we used to have like this very unique bond and understanding with each other. And now it's, now it's this more even like smaller group of people that are like UFC or like MMA athletes and becoming moms at the same time. It's, um, you know, and I've connected with a couple other moms on this journey and it's, it's been cool. Um, Tisha Torres had her, her baby a couple of months before I did. And, you know, I've chatted with her a little bit and, and uh, Julia Avila, you know, has been supportive and, you know, it's just great to see moms, uh, you know, moms coming together, but especially um, in the, in the combat community. Absolutely. Well, I'm so grateful that um, just for all that you've shared here today, all that you've been sharing for what you've done for women in MMA and how that has such a top down effect for anyone listening, any woman who's now involved in combat sports, it's because women like you have helped pave the way. And I'm really grateful for that. Well, thank you. I'm grateful for you. We will be talking soon about uh, the next steps, but thanks for sharing your time. We'll talk soon. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. 
If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.